I feel like we're pilots, like, you know, on a plane or something, and we're doing like a pre-flight check. Engine one, engine two, tap, tap, tap. <laughs> Star, you go. I'm go. <laughs> go for lunch. <laughs> Three developers, one mission, build a business to nurture personal fulfillment. It's not stupid, it's Founder Quest. I'm the type of filing window manager user that never changes any of their layouts. Basically, like I'm the type of filing window manager user that like has all applications open full screen except for like my terminals, which I have like a vertical split. And so I've got two of those open on a single screen. So I actually don't know any shortcuts to any of the window managers I've ever used. I have to look them up every single time. Yeah, that's the great thing about Amethyst. It is the, it is the one that's based on a, it's has nothing to do with Haskell, but it's based on Xmonad. But the key bindings are all like, there's not really much a way to change them. Like it's all pretty simple. It's a lot simpler to use the key bindings than it is to use uh, Haskell. I use a magnet for my window manager. Yeah, that's what I've been using too. Yeah, I really like that. The key combos are easy to remember to put stuff in the various places. Like I'm always like corner or, or half or top or bottom. So it's so super easy. Yeah, that's what I've been doing. It's a different approach. Amethyst was, I've used it before and it's, it is really nice because it, it automatically tiles. It's not, yeah, magnet is kind of, you just set up your, basically your halves or whatever. I think that's been around for a while, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. So yeah, I used to use that. I think there's a bunch of them like that. We're talking about Mac tools today. Cause like, I guess we are, I could, <laughs> I could go, I could go forever on, on that. Um, but <laughs> real, I've got a feature request for the, the makers of Amethyst. So I know are dedicated listeners to the sound <laughs> request for the love of all things good in the world. Can we please have a, a drop down menu that lets you like select the different like window actions? Like, why do I have to use hotkeys? Like, cause maybe I want to do something that I do like once every six months and I don't want to have to look up the hotkey for it. And then like, try and make my keys, make my fingers go into that weird. That's because position. it wouldn't be a pure tiling window manager then. I know it's like, come <laughs> on, just give me, give me a drop down. It's like, we're on, it's not pure anyway. Let's be honest. There's like, there's little like, um, bars at the top of the windows. Like I can minimize things. I can like, I can drag things around. It's just a, yeah, it's not pure anyway. It's already debated. It's not written in Haskell, but you got to draw the line somewhere. And the line is, is drop down, is drop down menus. Okay. It's like a menu. It's like a GUI. Okay. <laughs> You're totally making me want, I'm going to have to go try Amethyst again. You're making me want to go check it out. You might look, I think there, there was like a configuration. I think it has like a JSON configuration file or something that you can edit, which is exactly what you were looking for. If you were looking for a drop down menu. Do either of you use PopClip? No, no, what's that? So PopClip is a little extension thing. I don't know what, how you describe it. What, what do they call it? I don't even know what they call it. I'm looking at the website and they don't really say. But basically, anytime you select text, then this little pop-up pops up right above your cursor. And it's extendable. You can choose what kind of things appear in the little menu that pops up. But by default, it does things like, well, copy and paste, but uh, also like there's a little search icon. So if there's some text you want to search on instead of having to, I don't know, right click, you know, that's much too much work to do. So you can just you know, hit that little search icon or there's a dictionary one so you can define something. But I use it a lot like uh, because it has it has an Alfred connection as well. So I will I have a bunch of Alfred shortcuts for things like uh, jumping to one of our user records in our admin tool. And uh, so if I highlight, let's say a user ID, then I can uh, 
it, it'll give the pop up. It'll then I can then choose Alfred and I can type in my shortcut and boom, because it puts the, whatever's highlighted into that little Alfred box for you. So, oh, that's really cool. Super handy. You know, what's really amusing to me is that like, because I've been working with you all for so long, it's like we sort of like swap places in weird ways. Because I remember like a long time ago, I, I'd be like, okay, I'm using Alfred. Like, what are you using, Ben? And it's like, oh, I'm just using Spotlight. And now it's like reverse. It's like, I just use Spotlight. It's like, oh, Ben's using Alfred now. So <laughs> yeah, I love Alfred. Although I actually also use Spotlight. So the thing that the reason why is Alfred, I've never really gotten it to work the way I want it to work for looking up files and folders. So if there's a file or a folder that I want, I use Spotlight. But if anything else, basically I use Alfred. Yeah, file search in Spotlight seems pretty, pretty advanced. It's got all the indexing and stuff built into it. Yeah. Yeah. That seems like it'd be really hard to get right. But one thing I love about Alfred is the uh, Safari shortcut support and one password support. So if there's a site I know I want to go to, boom, Alfred, like it's like three three characters away. And uh, if I have a login, I want, if it's a login thing, I can just type in my one password name for it and boom, it goes there and fills it I haven't decided if I want to uh, enable that or not yet because it, it, you have to go like enable like third-party access or whatever to your one password database. Like I, the mini, I've gotten kind of in the habit of using the, um, whatever they call one password mini or whatever in the, in the toolbar. So I just like, cause they have like a system-wide hotkey for it. It's like shift command slash or something that'll pop it up so I, I do that instead yeah i don't know just something about like enabling third-party application access to my passwords even though i think it's it's not the passwords themselves it's like just the the index like the metadata one of my favorite tips i forgot someone posted this on twitter a long time ago and i don't remember who it was maybe it was one of you you can if you if you option click the uh, notification center icon in the toolbar it will toggle do not disturb. That is a, yes. that is a great one. That. Yeah. Oh, wait, really? So you can, really? yeah. Okay. I'm going to try it now. I use it all the time. It's so option, it's option and that's different from that's that, all that's alt, right? Yeah. Okay. Option click. Isn't that cool? Oh, wow. Um, that's nice. The, I'm doing there's, it right a, now. there's another one. Um, because I, especially on my, I have like an ultra wide monitor, which I realized I like, I'm not sure. I might be going back towards like the regular size mo monitor side of the argument because like half the time I just want to center the window on the screen anyway. So I can center that with magnet, but if I want to resize the window then from, from there and, and do it uh, equally, you know, like expand it out equally equal sides. And of course I'm not using a fancy uh, tiling window manager that does it for me at the moment, hold down option and then drag a corner of the window and it will resize the entire window from the center of, of the window. That reminded me the other last week when I was dealing with in the middle of my computer troubleshooting woes, like that morning um, when I was like the second, the morning of the second day, which when I was already like, you know, frazzled and, and like upset and stuff. And I'm, I get to my desk and I like bumped, I don't know how I did it, but I bumped my, uh, I have like that, you know, the large trackpad the like the is it the pro what are, i don't i forget what they call them that's like the pro uh apple trackpad or whatever the magic trackpad that i keep in front of my uh ergo docs keyboard bumped it and it fell face down on my tile floor and shattered 
the screen. That's just like, that was just the icing oh my on God, the they cake. Can shatter? Like not to, I don't want to have another entire episode of uh, bitching about my Mac problems, <laughs> but, but like that just, uh, it sucked. Like what, what part of it shattered? I'm curious. So the, the top of it is kind of, I don't know what it's made out of. It's almost like a, a like a glass type material. And oh, so if, huh. and this, this happens, it's happened with an Apple watch before in the past too. Like if you drop something, like usually it's, it does pretty well if you drop it like on a corner or something, but if you drop, if you drop it face down on a tile floor, like it's, it's curtains. That's a goner. Yep. One night. So, you know, you have to replace all your tile floors. <laughs> so I've, I'm that's carpeting, the, the I'm now solution. carpeting my office. <laughs> that, it is a suggested solution by Apple. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Cause you know, like hard flooring is for, is for, is for Microsoft users. Apple shag <laughs> carpet. So I uh, have been spending, you know, more time at home. Thanks to COVID. I was going to say why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And as a result, I've actually started using a keyboard shortcut that I've never really used much in the past. Don't do it now. You don't want to do this now. But if you do hold down option command and hit the eject key, that will sleep your computer. Oh, oh and, really? Uh, I, I, when I'm at my office, I don't have any reason to sleep my computer. I'm just, mm -hmm. you know, I'm just, but uh, when I'm at home, I do. So uh, yeah, I've been using that a lot. Nice. I will try that when I get my eject key back. <laughs> can I tell you? Can I tell you something ridiculous? <laughs> I mean, it seems ridiculous to me. It may this may be the the best solution um, available to me, but but it seems really silly. As y'all know, I got an iMac a, I don't know, six months ago or something, and it comes with like you know keyboard and trackpad and everything. And I really I like my Kinesis Advantage that I use, so I don't want to. I don't know. I, I didn't want to switch to the um, just terrible mm -hmm. like tiny little like keyboard that they ship with it so um so yeah so i i i use my advantage but the problem with that is that i don't have any of the little any of the little sort of function keys i mean i've got like the f1 f2 f3 but um they don't have the little like icons as to what they do mm -hmm. um like make the screen brighter make the volume louder or whatever and i don't have that and I've got it set up so that they're actual like F1, F2 keys because I do real stuff with my computer and I don't have that function key anymore. And so like, how do I make my screen brighter or turn it up and down? The answer is you keep the, you keep the original keyboard as a second keyboard, <laughs> like nice. underneath the monitor and you just kind of whip it out whenever you need to, to use any of those function keys. That's nice. a, that's a life hack right there. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it, it feels so silly that I have to do this. I literally like I assume there's some way to adjust my screen brightness like without using the OEM keyboard. Yeah, it's a good point. I never I never uh, adjust my screen brightness like that when if I'm because uh, I use an external monitor. Is that a thing with externals? I know like the, I, the iMac has it. Is it? Yeah, you can do that. Oh, well, I have that. I have the, the LG, the Ultrafine. And yeah, you can use you can use the, the Apple keyboard to just change the brightness on that. Oh, I nice. should uh, set up some. I should configure my keyboard to have shortcuts for that. I do have, um, I, ha I have my keyboard. I have the Ergodox, which is a split one, a little bit like the Kinesis, but it's, they're detached. But I have like some custom key bindings for, for volume and stuff that are handy. Okay, so now you've reminded me, speaking of key bindings for volume. So, and, and my, remember, my remembering the Ultrafine. So there's one snag to the Ultrafine and that is its audio. So it has audio. 
and it has speakers and, and they're great. But the problem is that basically normal volume for the, that you would enjoy typically as your computer, you know, making sounds is the first notch on the volume scale. On oh, Mac. wow. First notch. And there's like, I don't know what, 10 notches or whatever. Hmm. Let me see. There's one, two, three, four, I don't know, 15. I don't know. Okay. So if you hit the volume up thing key once, you get notch number two and it freaking blows you away. <laughs> and there's, nice. you might think, oh, but there's nothing between one and two. So I'm just hosed. No, that's actually not correct. So there's another key combo you can use. It is shift option volume up, which increases the volume by one, two, three, what? By, by a quarter. Wait, wait, yes. there's, yes. wait, there's a, like a fine volume adjustment yes. on max. Yep. Wow. So shift option up and down changes it by a quarter rather than a full step, which is absolutely critical if you have an ultra fine display because you cannot go to two without killing yourself. Yeah. You have to go to one and a quarter if you want the volume to go up. <laughs> yeah. That's like the most Linux issue, like, you know, like old school, like Unix or Linux style issue on Mac that I've heard recently. Yeah. But I mean, unless, you know, like the, the ultra fine is a monitor to get if you want to have some house parties. You know, if you want to like be jammed. Yeah, you got like your marshal, like, your or tunes. if you want to, if you want to like, like plug your guitar into it and, and rock the neighborhood, you know, like you, so, you've got like a Marshall stack built into it. Disclaimer, I have never taken the volume on the Ultrafine beyond three. So, because uh, I've been too afraid <laughs> to do so. I don't know if it actually it does actually keep going up to, you know, I, I only have, I have one what? question. Yeah. Does it go to 11? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm apparently it doesn't to need out. to. <laughs> or does it destroy itself before it gets to, to 10? So do either of you use Bartender? Yes. Bartender's cool. I used to, but I haven't recently. I, about a year ago, I, or six months ago, whenever I got the iMac is when I switched back to using Mac. So I, lo like I, I lost a lot of my institutional memory of yeah. Mac well, apps. Plus, plus your Mac screen is probably big enough. You don't care about all the stuff in the menu. It is really right? big. Yeah. yeah. You got plenty of room. But for when I, when I switched to a 13 inch back in the day, I realized just how much room all those icons can take up. And so bartender is fantastic. If, if anyone doesn't know what that is, it, it hides menu bar icons that, and you can define which ones get hidden and, and how, like you can toggle between the ones that are hidden and shown. And it's pretty handy if you find your menu bar filling with icons, you can use bartender to help manage that chaos. And like I hide uh, Docker, I hide Dropbox. Same here. And I hide Alfred. Yeah. Yeah. You can also configure it to uh, if, if it's like an icon that changes, like that it updates its status occasionally, you can have it like appear when it's changed and then it will disappear again. Hide again. Yeah. Nice. Like this is reminding me of like when I was on, on Linux, um, I, I had a, a sort of ultra high definition monitor hooked up to it and for the most part worked okay um, at a sort of a scaled resolution but one of the one of the little icons in my top sort of toolbar at the top of my screen didn't like it didn't scale and so it was like i had normal icons in this one half size icon and then the rest of the box where it should have like scaled up to fill the box was just like white as opposed to like the black of uh the, the toolbar so that's why I, I quit using the Linux on the desktop. That is the reason why you quit using Linux. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's one of them, but like, if you want to drive somebody slowly crazy, just have them look at that every single day 
for years on end. It'll it'll drive them mad. Okay. Well, you just brought back memories of when I used Linux on the desktop, which was a long, long time ago. But you know, when I first started using Linux on the desktop, I was blown away. Well, this is kind of a double-sided coin. Okay, I was blown away by X Windows, right? The, the whole idea that, that you could run something on a server somewhere and you're getting a DUI on, on your machine, you know? Yeah. I thought that that was just amazing. The, the double-sided coin is like, it, it was horrendously hard to set up. Like yeah. actually get my monitor to work and get X server to work properly. Yeah, do you still remember your VSync? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sync and VSync numbers. For real. It was probably easier to hack to hack than it was to to set up, I I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. But the the thing that really brought this back to my memory when you said that was like this week, you know, GitHub announced their code spaces. Yeah. And you know, it's like their their cloud nine thing where you mm-hmm. can have a, your your Visual Studio code running on someone else's server. Yeah. And uh, it just displays the UI on your machine. I'm like, we've come full circle. Now we're back right. to X Windows. Well, and they also yeah. they they have remote built in, like a lot of remote tooling built into VS Code as well, um, which I suspect. And I've, I haven't read all of the things that they released, but I suspect that eventually you'll be able to also like connect that, you know, locally, which is kind of similar. You'll be happy to know that that Remote X is disabled or deprecated. By default in modern X now, um, but oh, I think so that you sad. can, I think you can, there's like still an Arch Linux guide that you can use to like enable it or something <laughs> if you really want to. But yeah, X, X is, it's still the, like the primary display thing on, on Linux at the moment. It's, it's going to be replaced by Wayland in the future, um, which is yeah. a much more secure, um, I get off my lawn server, but yes. <laughs> X is still it for now. It, and it's one reason that Linux desktops are still like inherently insecure <laughs> from like a screen know, recording can, standpoint. You can take your Wayland and you can take your system D and you can go just take Right. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> give me my yeah. X and my init, my system init and you know, leave me alone. Yeah. And you're, and you're gen two. <laughs> Slackware. Yeah. Yeah. The reason I'm not saying anything is because I'm over here having flashbacks. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, they're not, they're not good. Like, <laughs> If you didn't have a brand name monitor, they didn't actually um, like tell you your like HSync and VSync and all those numbers. So you just had to like try them. You had to try all of them and hope they didn't fry your monitor in the process. Yeah. See, I remember you all t- talking about that. That was definitely before my because li- my Linux experience is more recent. I was on it for like I don't know four four years or something. I don't know if it was that long, but I can't just like frying the monitor is like. Yeah, that's that's crazy. And it was because it like, you know, there's no like if your screen goes away, there's really no way to just like recover from that, at least not that I knew at the time. So you have to essentially reboot every time and that. So like it takes you five minutes to try a new config value and then it just like blanks your monitor really quick and it makes a really scary noise when it does it. Like kind of like a like almost like something breaking, (laughs) something really expensive breaking. Now this is a key combo I do not remember actually accurately, but it might have been it might have been Alt F six, but that was the or Alt six I don't know, but that was the key combo that I discovered while working on X that actually got you to a a text console. So Slack had like 
five yeah. six virtual consoles. And that was like, the Oh one no, no, no. Yeah. 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 That's I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I use that. <laughs> I still use yeah. that <laughs> when I'm troubleshooting X <laughs> yeah, it's, totally. it's not, it's, it's not as common on like, like if you use Ubuntu or something, um, you don't have to do yeah. that anymore. But if you use one of the more like DIY, Linux distributions, which are fun. You learn a lot and it's, it's probably a lot more like, you know, old, like OG Linux used to right. be. So totally. Yes. But yeah, that's, that's all like just basic, like Unix, uh, or like, like TTY stuff. Right. right? So you're like switching yep. the, the terminal. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, yeah. <laughs> I was using Ubuntu and I went to like turn on my computer one day because I had some work to do, you know, um, like you do. And <laughs> As one no, does. no, no graphic, no, no GUI. Sounds like my Monday. Just, and you know, um, <laughs> uh, like a, like a, you know, a 4k monitor. And so that means like no scaling. So all mm -hmm. the text is like two, two, oh, yeah. like, like two millimeters high. <laughs> and it's just gobs and gobs of like, just, like error text, I have no idea what it means. Yeah. And can, I, I give you one, I give you a guess, Josh, as to what caused it. Did you uh, accidentally replace your X resources file um, or comment out the DPI setting? Because <laughs> that's what it was for no, me. No, I no. I'll give you one more. I'll give you one more guess because I hadn't made any changes to any configuration. Okay, no changes. It was working. It was, well, maybe. I, okay, I hadn't intentionally made any changes to anything. <laughs> mm. I don't know. I mean, there's like, there's probably a ton of ish, uh, reasons, potential reasons, but I, yeah, tell me. NVIDIA drivers. Ah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like this, it did some, the, the computer did some automatic update or something, which meant that my NVIDIA drivers no longer works mm -hmm. at all, which meant that like no GUI and yeah. it wouldn't just be like, Hey, your NVIDIA drivers need updating. Cause that would be like for noobs, you know, that mm -hmm. would uh, let the riffraff in. So instead, you got to spend all morning trying to to figure out how to upgrade your NVIDIA drivers. Yeah, funny, funny you should mention that because there was a Hacker News thread this week about Ubuntu twenty oh four, which is their latest long term release. Yeah, which I out. I have that on my uh, desktop right now, and uh, in the meantime, while my Mac's out, and that people are pissed off because of Snap and auto updates and things like that. It's and, got yeah, I noticed I that. Yeah. You know, we we do the security auto updates on our Ubuntu servers, so I didn't think much about it. But now that you're talking about, you know, drivers getting updated overnight yeah. and freak now you can't even see your UI. I'm like, oh, I could see why people that get could be about tricky. That. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, I'm I'm generally in favor of auto updating just for security reasons. Um, but yeah, like it's it can be it can be kind of tricky, and especially like with that, like specifically, like like you have to enable what like third party repositories or something on Ubuntu to, to enable those drivers. So yeah, if you're not using the stock drivers, then you're probably going to want to turn off that auto updating setting based on what star is saying. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, it probably, it probably works okay with like all the, uh, the true, you know, if you're a true, like open source person that won't use any proprietary drivers, then I bet it all, it all works pretty well, but. Oh, that's right. That's right. It was a, it was a moral problem. It's, I was it's a moral her. failing star. I think, yes. I think if you're a true open source user, you're, you're using Slackware, you're compiling all your things from scratch. You're not in packages. I mean, come on, people. Better if you were just a good person. I just want to mention, like, who gave drivers. me this NVIDIA card that I'm, I'm holding up? <laughs> I, I, right now? I, I, did give that, I did give that to okay. you, Star. There you go. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for... Uh, 
for bestowing that uh, <laughs> that plague up, upon you. <laughs> oh, you know, for for free. Awesome. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> it was a really nice graphics card. Thank you. I'm glad you. I'm glad you got some use out of it. <laughs> the the memories they're flooding back now. The 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 other awesome thing about Linux circa 1995 was having to know what network chip what chip oh, manufacturer no. of your network oh, no. card right so you could load oh, the right no. drivers you could actually use your oh, ethernet no. for ethernet heck yeah i mean like wi-fi wasn't a thing right so like you had to know oh i have a real tech card yeah and my my no name knockoff brand happens to use a real tech chip yeah it, it's still a little bit like that on diy linux for like wi-fi cards like you have to if you have a pr certain proprietary one you have to like install the specific it's like the you know whatever driver slash or dash like <laughs> your card dash version or, something. or maybe you have a cheap one but then you have to know which chipset it's compatible with or which right. chipset it's ripping off right yeah. right yeah like fedora and ubuntu like the, and the other like prepack like they're they're relatively <laughs> relatively much better these days and i've actually been pretty impressed with uh with this little desktop i've set up it's get, it gets the job done at least to take it back to Mac though, do either of you configure your Macs via Ansible? <laughs> uh, no, I configure no. my servers with Ansible, but I configure yeah, my that's, Mac with that's Ansible. That's hardcore. Yeah. Did you? Do you? Really? Yeah. Um, I also that's do impressive. either of you have a uh, store all of your uh, system configuration in a uh, executable shell script that basically has like every Mac OS default in it that's changeable so you can like commit it to your your github Wait, you, you didn't you didn't even make that one right i didn't make that um i forked oh, okay. i forked it from a guy his name's matthias and, but it's amazing like he's like it's it's a community maintained like shell script like setup for for your mac but yeah like so that that you you know like when i go and set up a new mac like before i would go and i'd have all these like like i like things a lot different from the defaults and you'd have to like go in and you know, have a list of things to hit in system preferences to go and configure it the way you like. With this, it like you just, you know, you keep it in Git. So it's, it's, you know, it's got history and everything. And you just change the file, change it, the option in the file, and then you run this shell script and it sets all of the defaults for you. You got to link me up with that. I got it right here. Sounds cool. Yeah. yeah it changes a lot of stuff. I used it on my laptop. And I didn't use it on this on my desktop this time because I I don't like some of the settings it has and I just was not really feeling yeah so I've got well you kind of need you need to maintain your own like yeah yeah so I've, I've got it. a new technique for just for getting set up on computers super fast which is just to be like the most basic computer user ever yeah just to use and don't <laughs> use the, the defaults default. <laughs> yeah also you know. Store all your photos if you have a Mac user on like Apple Photos and use Apple Notes and Apple yeah. Reminders and Apple Cloud Storage for everything. And it's just it's kind of amazing how like little maintenance that requires. Yeah. Yeah. Once you fully buy into the ecosystem thing, then your life is so much better. You're saying like just sunshine, you're saying drink lollipops. Drink the Kool-Aid is what you're saying. That, yeah. Yeah. Much. Yeah. Except the Kool-Aid doesn't kill you it actually, it actually um like, it's, tastes it's, good. It, it tastes good yeah it kind of has a <laughs> has a cherry thing it tastes like um it tastes like childhood in summer i thought it was apple okay. flavored well what's what's your favorite kool-aid kool flavor my kool-aid flavor 
Well, I've got peaches on my island, so I'm going to have to go with peach. Really? I, no, I'm, I'm joking. Okay. That's an Animal Crossing reference for I anybody know. who has, yeah. isn't playing Animal Crossing. I don't know. Like, we bought some Kool-Aid for my kid a couple of months ago, and I hadn't had it in so long. I guess just red. I'm a red person. Tropical punch. I was going to say red. I don't uh, remember the flavors. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Just red. Just red. whatever. Yeah, it's probably a tropical punch. That's that's like, I think, the most common choice for people with Kool-Aid because cherry is different and, and black cherry even more different. Um, you're, but yeah. <laughs> OK, I'm Ben's, a Kool-Aid connoisseur. Sorry. Yeah, you're kind of sore. That's awesome. Yeah, don't get him started. He'll go on, like on and on about the terroir. Uh, what is the yeah. All that. Like, like grape is pretty good, but it's what is not the nuance between cherry and black cherry, though? Like, yeah, so black cherry definitely a bit on the bitter side. Like it has this. Oh, kind of, yeah. before we bought this, I tried to make Ida some um, drink out of uh, we've got these really concentrated like flavorings for like cooking and candy making and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I tried to make her some strawberry soda out of that and she was not impressed. I think I didn't put any sort of like acidic element into it. I think it really needs some sort of like sour. I would think that these days kids taste buds a little more refined than ours were, you know, at a comparable age, right? Like if, if we got cherry, we were like, woohoo, it's not water, right? And, and they're all like, oh no, it's got to have, you know, this particular hint. Oh no, of- she loves Kool-Aid. She's still like my like DIY life hack, <laughs> you know, like not Kool-Aid, Kool-Aid. Got it. Got it. See, I get the real stuff. Yeah, I don't know. She sure as hell like eats a lot less sugar than than I did. This is the okay, random so episode. Speaking, I know I'm on a random kick today. Speaking of sugar, okay. So like one of my favorite things to do when I was a kid was I would mm-hmm. ride my bike with my friends down to a convenience store. I was like I don't know, maybe half a mile or a mile away from my house, and they had like a couple of arcade games and you know candy and candy and candy. Right, like every kind of candy you could possibly want was in this convenience store. I guess they knew their clientele pretty well. So, you know, we would go down there, we would play a video game, we'd get some, grab some candy. And it was like, it was like the thing we did like every day. But the thing that I never understood were people who chose lick em sticks. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Or dip em sticks. Vaguely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah Those are pretty good. Like occasionally. I, well, it's, you're, it's a sugar stick and you're dipping it in sugar. Like, yeah. I, what else would you dip it in? <laughs> I don't get it. It's like, uh, no, no, I, but it's kind of like a powdery, like flavorless sugar stick and you're dipping it in like flavored <laughs> sugar. Like the sugar is like pixie, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. You're dipping it in stuff like pixie sticks innards. Yeah. No, let's just dump it straight into my mouth, please. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm talking <laughs> like about. Like the large, the large, ver- you remember like the mass, like the huge one? They like, they had like a large size of a pixie stick, I think. <laughs> yeah. No, my, my, my favorite was now and later's. Those were the best. Yeah. I was, I was more of a, like now an ice cream sandwich kind, yeah, of, now and kind of kid. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah I was, I was like a, like I, I got my sugar daddy, which mm. is like, <laughs> I, I, I only, yeah. why did they name it that? <laughs> Why did they name it that? It's just a giant like caramel. It's like a giant stick of caramel. And yeah, so I get my sugar daddy. I'd like to go watch <laughs> Scrooge McDuck on DuckTales, which oh, yeah. is, I guess there's a pattern happening here. Which we've been doing. I, so we recently re- I got uh, Disney Plus. Yeah. And so I was like, hey, it's got DuckTales. Watching I'm going to watch DuckTales. And oh man, DuckTales. Like it's kind of disappointing me. It's still entertaining and stuff, but like there is some, there's some kind of gross stuff on like 
they put in like a fat kid character who eats everything <laughs> and they're like just making fun of him and his name is doofus <laughs> like I remember like doofus. come on ducktales that's just that's like come on and I was like a little chunky kid watching DuckTales. So it's like, what, like what, I'm like, what? What was what that telling you? About? Like, what was this telling me about myself? And like, there's some episodes that are like, I mean, a lot of the episodes are super like really kind of, I don't know if it counts as racism, but like very like 1980s, 80s stereotypes of like various, like not white cultures, mm-hmm. you know, that yeah. you would not be able to put on TV today. So yeah. I don't know. It's, it's not ain't the 90s anymore no, no. <laughs> i mean that was the 80s even yeah I think it was like 89 ducktales ducktales was yeah okay like late 80s yeah yeah and also scrooge mcduck a little bit of an asshole <laughs> like i thought you know it's like okay it's fiction like okay he got his money through night he, he was you know he just happened to do some really clever things and get some money and then then there was an episode where somebody defaulted on a debt so he took ownership of a TV production studio yeah. and he went in and immediately went into like his nephew's favorite show and was like, I'm shutting this down because <laughs> ratings are crap. And I hope he doesn't, then, like, I hope Scrooge doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> I know. Right. I know. But, and then like the show is actually kind of like making fun of then all the employees who are kind of sucking up to him because they don't want to lose their jobs. Right. Mm-hmm. This, this guy comes in, he's their new boss. He's, they're trying not to lose their job. It's like, oh, look at them. They're so, um, they're so ridiculous and uh, gross because they're trying to, to suck up to him. Yeah. It's just like, what did Elon Musk like pay for the show to be made for like <laughs> propaganda purposes? Like what? I don't know. He just, he really looked up to those characters and <laughs> when he yeah, watched yeah, DuckTales. My, my timelines are a bit mixed. This, <laughs> it requires Elon Musk to buy a t- or invent a time machine and yeah. go back and. Oh, that would be amazing. Modern DuckTales. That <laughs> they have it. It can't. Yeah, they have Did it. it? Okay. They remade it a couple years ago. I haven't but watched it. Would be, it would be it would be awesome if they made it just like vintage DuckTales, but then they like worked in, like you said, like characters from from now, like show up in time machines and stuff. Oh, yeah. For Darkwing Duck, there's one thing I can still say. He is still the terror that flaps in the night. So some things never change. Oh, thank goodness. It's good to know there's constants in the world. Yeah. And then we totally need to make that our our rap. (laughs) What you saying that needs to be the end of this episode. Oh, I thought you meant like a like a music rap. Like the uh yeah. Well I yeah, I wouldn't put that past us either, but I would honey badger rap. That past myself. I'd put that past myself, yes. That can be a, a Josh and Ben duet. <sighs> Rap battle. All right. It's got to be Fresh Prince style. Real. Well, since we've obviously reached the, the climax of our genius. We've recorded like an hour of this. So um, I know. Am- ample stuff to cut in this episode. Here you go. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think this is all gold to me. <laughs> yeah. Ship it. We'll ship it. And if anything breaks, we can um, edit it back out. Yep. Catch it in production. All right. Well, it's been great talking with y'all. If yeah. our loyal listeners would like to review us on Apple Podcasts, go for it. If you want to write for us, check out our blog. Um, we have a, a write for us thing in the top part of it. If you want to do tutorial type stuff till then, catch you next week. And this has been Founder Quest.
ThunderQuest is a weekly podcast by the founders of Honey Badger. Zero instrumentation, 360-degree coverage of errors, outages, and service degradations for your web apps. If you have a web app, you need it. Available at honeybadger.io. Want more from the founders? Go to founderquestpodcast.com. That's one word. You can access our huge back catalog or sign up for our newsletter to get exclusive VIP content. FounderQuest is available on iTunes, Spotify, and other purveyors of fine podcasts. We'll see you next week.